Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Hi, guys, and welcome to Motorsport Coaching Podcast. My name is Belinda Risley, your host. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Joanne Love. Joanne Love holds a degree in business and psychology. Utilizing her knowledge to educate others on how psychology and neuroscience can create successful performance outcomes, both in Australia and overseas. Joanne's journey started many years ago, whilst working as an elite swimming coach representing Australia at the 2008 Beijing Olympics, Paralympics. Through workshops, mentoring and speaking, she continues to help coaches and athletes achieve success, which has resulted in numerous Olympic medals and world records. So, Joanne is one of our key providers here at Motivate Training. So without any further ado, please welcome Joanne Love. Um, thanks again for joining us today, Joe. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what does an actual training um, psychologist do? So basically, I go and help um, athletes, coaches, leaders, um, many different people perform better. So I'm focused on performing better. The difference between me and a what we call a registered psychologist is I haven't completed my last couple of years of training, so I can't claim the Medicare benefit, basically. So that's about the only difference. But, um, yeah, I have all the knowledge and all the, the information that the same as a psychologist does. Oh, fantastic. And how does your training help athletes perform? So... Um, basically, I make them aware of the, the mental issues or the little things that they do um, that hamper their performance or, you know, teach them things that could improve their performance. So, you know, a, probably a, a really basic example that I give to coaches is when they go in looking or worried before an athlete competes, they actually hamper the athlete's performance because the athlete starts to subconsciously see the coach being you know, a little bit underconfident and go, oh, is he worried about what I'm going to do? And it affects the athlete's performance. So, um, so I, as I said, I work with both coaches and athletes um, because it is nine times out of 10, a combination of both. And if it's not the athlete, it could be the parents. So I also do workshops with parents and, and educate them on how they can be um, great supports for their, their children. And who's the worst, I guess, client, a coach or a parent? <laughs> oh, I've got to be careful answering this. Gee, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, it's actually interesting. I would say they're both on even ground and for different reasons. So a coach believes they have all the knowledge and sometimes doesn't realise the, the mental aspect is just as important as, as the training's physical side of things. So um, sometimes, you know, you look, you know, you, we, hit, we butt heads about, you know, what's best for the athlete. Um, same token, parents, they love their children so much, they only want the best for them and they can't see that sometimes their overprotective love is actually hampering the child. So, yeah, it's, it's probably even, but, yeah, I can't. <laughs> and what kind of services can, can you offer for parents or advice can you offer for parents dealing with young athletes? Yeah, so 
so I'm happy to talk to parents one-on-one, -on -one, but the majority of the time I, I work with sporting organisations and do group workshops. Um, probably the biggest thing that, you know, that I tell parents now, or I try to educate parents now, is that the actual model of a child's changed. So I'm quite... An, a fair bit older than you, Belinda. So in, in my day, you know, for example, we used to walk ourselves to school. We used to do a lot of activities by ourselves. If we, you know, came home from school and said, you know, our teachers picked on us, the parents' response was, well, what did you do wrong? Yeah. Now things have changed totally, whereas, you know, parents drive their kids to school in, in the thought that, you know, that's the best thing for them, that's the safest route. Although, really, we're no more dangerous than we were 30 or 40 years ago. Um, so they, they're a little bit more protective and so I educate parents that they need to cut the apron strings, they need to let the kids fail, they need to ask the questions as why they've been told off by their coach and not automatically jump to the, the assumption that the coach has done something wrong, which is the, most of the time that's the case. So it's those little things and also, you know, letting them realise that, you know, I love the quote, competition makes us faster but collaboration makes us better. So if we can collaborate and if we can learn to ask questions why rather than jumping to assumptions, I think the, you know, not only is the sporting world, but the world in general will be a better place. <laughs> I agree. And I'm not that young, by the way. <laughs> school too. <laughs> it's all the water I drink. <laughs> um, all right, so, what are, so what are some of the aspects that you actually love about your role working with coaches and athletes and, and, and um, parents? Oh, I like to see the difference that it makes. So, you know, when I go in and I do some of these workshops or when I work with coaches or athletes one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, we go in with these aspirations that, you know, that if we can fix up the mental side of things, the performance will, will improve as well. And when you see that happening, it's just so, so rewarding. I just, you know, just love that. So a brilliant example, I, I've been working with English athletics and I was dealing with a, a lady who threw the shot put and she was ranked like 30th in the world. and I started working with her because a coach rang me up and said she's got all these issues. And when I started working with her, I actually determined that it wasn't her problem, it was actually her coach's problem. So we then went and worked with the coach and her ranking went from 30th in the world to 6th in the world and she actually won some medals at, you know, different events. So, you know, seeing that difference is just, you know, that's what makes my day. Yeah. And how did you identify that the coach was the issue and actually bring that up to the coach? Um, it was actually a, an interesting exercise. So when we first brought it up to the coach, so I worked, as I said, with English athletics. When I first worked with a coach, it was like, no, I don't do that. I'm, you know, very, you know, I'm right, I'm good. And that's sometimes we protect ourselves by doing that um, and had very little awareness. So just like athletes that need to learn about awareness, so do coaches. And what we did is we organised a small group setting with a few coaches and we brought up some of these issues. And it was just through the power of them giving feedback that he went, he was a bit surprised, I don't do that. And they were like, yes, you do. <laughs> so, you know, a bit, bit of awareness, a bit like those singers on, um, you know, X Factor and that, that are horrible singers and the judges go, oh, my God, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. And the singer goes, oh, I'm the best singer in the world. Right. <laughs> the realisation. Yeah, yeah. And so what type of athletes do you like working with? Any athlete. I, I, and, and it's not just, as I said, it's not just confined to athletes. It's confined, you know, any athlete, any parent. If, if I can see that they're making mistakes, and sometimes I call it my curse, 
because I can see these mistakes and, you know, even if I'm not working with them, I sit there and go, you know, I'm sitting in a stand, I go, oh, that shouldn't have happened or, or I love watching tennis and I hate, and as it, it's a curse because I can watch the tennis players walk onto the court and I can go, before the game's even start, he's going to lose. <laughs> and my partner just elbows me and goes, shut up, I don't want to know the answer now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch the game. And it's, so I can see their persona when they walk onto the court, if they're not confident, if they're lacking, yeah, before they even start, it determines the outcome straight away. So, yeah. And how important is self-belief and persona? Huge, huge. When it comes to performance. Absolutely huge. And, and it's really simple things that we can do. So, you know, I gave that example of tennis. So learning how to stand up, shoulders back, walk on, full of confidence but you know just the belief in yourself through self-talk and you know having a mantra and the little things that you can do and practicing and you know if you feel that the environment's going to be overwhelming go and practice in that environment you know make sure that you're ready for the day and that's where a lot of athletes come undone because they'll they'll walk out onto the sporting arena in a huge stadium with 10,000 fans and go oh my god I've never been here before and the nerves kick in whereas if they'd been there even as a, a uh, uh, somebody in the stands, uh, you know, a spectator, um, witness that, get used to it, imagine themselves on the court in that environment. So visualisation, you know, there's ways to overcome that and prepare for it. And unfortunately, a lot of athletes don't do it. Um, so one thing that I know that you are big on um, is mantras. So why, why do you think a mantra is really important? And for those who don't know, what is a mantra? So a mantra is just a short statement, usually positive, well, it has to be positive in nature, in my, in my belief, but there are some people that, that spin it around. Um, and it should give you direction, um, help you with your attitude and provide a leap when you're, when you're not feeling great or when things are a little bit down that can reflect and make you remember that, you know, I'm going to perform well. So what happens in our brain is if we have a mantra, it's almost like a trigger that shuts down that negative self-talk and, and opens it up to the positive if we've practised it enough. So, you know, we have a lot of people that, not just on the sporting field, but in different organisations that, that suffer from pressure at different times. Um, speakers are a really good example of this. They all have a mantra that they say before they go out on stage. So, you know, it's just not athletes. It's something that we should be doing and practising every day and something that, you know, that when we say it enough, it actually, our brain starts to believe it. So we just need to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. When it's positive, it helps direct us and, and focuses, uh, yeah, makes us positive. And there's a lot of research on it. It does work. <laughs> well, I know for a fact that um, since we last spoke that some of the junior drivers have been um, saying it every um, every lap now that they actually can. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, they actually got it on a cardboard piece of paper um, where their cart is, and it's on the back of their wall. So that when they're sitting there reflecting before they go out, they're actually looking at that piece of paper with those words. In and then um, I've been told that um, since they've been going out, that every lap, they, that's what they're saying is they're actually competing. Oh, fantastic. That's really good. So I work with a lot of swimmers. So what we do is there's a lot of barriers with swimming. So going under the minute for 100 freestyle, for example. And I tell my swimmers to put a little sign on the back of the toilet door yeah. because the toilet door is where we, you know, we sit down. That's the only place really we don't have a mobile phone and we can just sit and stare at that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so... So that's another tip. Put it on the back of the toilet door. Put it on the back of the toilet door. All right. <laughs>
And so we're talking about athlete performance. Uh, what are three things or, um, that you could recommend? Um, so what are three things that can affect an athlete's performance and how can they rectify that or build upon um, their achievements? Oh, well, probably the biggest thing is pressure. And it can be pressure that they put upon themselves, pressure from external sources. So, you know, the very first thing they've got to do, and this probably overlies the, the three things that I'm going to say, is awareness. What, what's the pressure and how can I fix it? Um, so, again, there's self-doubt. When they doubt that they haven't done it, well, the first thing, be fully prepared. So does it mean more training? Does it mean, you know, that everything's second nature? So, again, awareness of what they're lacking and what they can do. If they build on where they're lacking and know that, then that's going to help their self-doubt. They're going to be more positive and more confident in what they're doing. Um, pressure, self-confidence and, um, oh, look, there's, I think that one of the big things is tenacity. There's many things I could say. So, tenacity is like mental toughness. So, be prepared to fail and stand up work out what you did wrong and go back again. And unfortunately, many athletes aren't tenacious enough these days. And that's what I was saying earlier on. The model of a child has changed so dramatically since, you know, in the last 30 years, um, we probably don't allow our children to fail enough, especially in the early years. So it's something that, you know, be prepared, you're going to fail. And all our, our greatest leaders, our best sports people, have all had failure and all picked up the pieces and gone forward again. So, yes, so probably those three things. Great. Well, thanks. There's some great tips in there to start thinking about um, how they can affect our performance. And you've currently written two books. Um, what are the books about and how, the, how are they different? So the first book I wrote was um, Champions Are Made When They Hit The Stands Are Empty, um, which talks about, um, coaches more than anything, trying to teach them the mental aspects of, of coaching. So it's not just about walking on the sporting field or around the track for, for motorsports, but um, it's about being engaged with their athlete, picking up the points, setting, setting policies and procedures in first and following, you know, a, a pathway that will make them a better coach and, and understanding some of the the drawbacks that come with the sport, such as, you know, some of the parents that they have to deal with, et cetera. And it's not just parents. It could be club committees. It could be the child themselves. It could be anything. So so some of those issues. Yeah, well, we have a lot of um, people out there that offer driver training. So that could be a book that's beneficial for them. Yes, true, yep. And then the second book is called Head Games. And what's that one about? That's directed at the athletes. So that's about learning... Um, to recognise uh, where your disturbances or distractions may come from that affect you. So um, I, I love the, you know, the, the equation that performance is, equals, is equal basically to your talent less your distractions. So if you're totally distracted by pressure or self-confidence, you're never going to perform. So you need to learn what those are. So and then it's a basically this book helps with some, some little bits and pieces about how you can deal with some of those distractions. And, and it's not, you know, there's not one solution fits all. It's a, a part of, you know, you need to test different things and, and what solves one problem may not solve another problem. So there's, you know, various um, different ways of looking at things in there and, and helping to overcome those distractions. Fantastic. And where can our listeners purchase those books? 
So I believe you've got them on your website. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so through you or, or through my website, which is um, www.joannelove.com. So easy. Very easy, guys. Now, Joe, I believe you've got a new passion project at the moment called Champion Skill at School. Sorry. You <laughs> 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 to be running a school. Um, <laughs> please share with us what, what is the Champion School all about and who is it targeted to and basically, yeah, how does the process work? Well, um, Champion School is targeted to the younger athlete. So those that are new to the sport, those that need to learn about some of these mental aspects. And as far as I'm concerned, and if you, you talk to any athlete, they'll tell you that when they're really young, they're not really affected by the mental um, problems that come about. And then as they grow and as they get more serious, then it's when they start to affect them. So if they can start learning about these early enough, um, then when they get a bit better and faster or whatever, they can cope a little bit better. So it's the mental aspects. It's about sponsorship. So we've got Vicky Saunders, who's our athlete sponsorship person. And because sport's not cheap these days, as many people know. And lastly, we've got Ryma Biller, who's our um, branding person, who talks about social media and getting out there and, and putting on a good persona to the public. So, you know, when, when people make bad comments on social media, we hear about it straight away. So educating kids on what's the best thing to do and, and how to use that social media to attract sponsors and also to be positive in their sport. So they all fit together. Fantastic. And is that a Facebook page or is it a group or how do people learn more? Um, it is a Facebook group, so they need to ask to join, but we'd love to have anybody join. So we, we invite the parents as well. Um, we think that's good for them to, to see some of this as well. And is the handle to join the Facebook group just out Champion School? Uh, yes, it is. Yep. Oh, that's true. So is there any other um, recommendations um, that you may have around resources, paid or free, that Alice is maybe interested in or, or to try and start to think about the mental health? I think you are right before about saying that it's never really been a big factor in um, competition, especially for motorsports. And, mm. and I believe that um, a lot of people don't start to tap into it until they do become more of um, the elite um, competitor. And obviously, as you're saying, we want to encourage everybody to, to do as soon as they start competing. Mm. So again, do you have any resources paid or free um, that you can recommend to our um, there's probably two really good ones, both for, for different reasons, which are just simple apps. So um, you don't need to pay for them either, which are great. So, um, well, unless you want to go up to higher levels and then, of course, they, they charge you. But one is Headspace, which is a, a great little um, app for being mindful. And they're now finding that mindfulness allows creativity. So it's not just for athletes, but uh, also, you know, helps us control our thoughts and take away those negative thoughts and then there's another one called breathe which I recommend to a lot of athletes so when they start to get tensed and worked up we, what happens is we don't breathe properly so this little app just takes them through a breathing pattern to make sure that they're breathing right down into their stomach and not in their chest and hyperventilating so they're probably two really really good apps and of course, I recommend Champion School. And um, the other one's the Athletes Hub, which is another Facebook page, which is um, just a group that you can join. And that's got a lot of athletes that talk about their journeys and, and how they get sponsorship. So that's a, a great site to join as well. Yeah, and all the links would be in the show notes. Yes, yep, yep. Um, after today. And 
is there any parting words of wisdom you'd like to share? <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one thing I would say is, yeah, it, look, if, you've, you know, if you're keen on sport and you're wanting to go further, you know, don't hook up on social media to your favourite athlete and watch their journey and learn a bit more about their journey because, you know, sometimes you think that you're a little bit hard done by or, you know, you want to be a champion basketball player but, you know, that you're not making a team. You, you only need to reflect on Michael Jordan and, you know, didn't make his first basketball team so he went out and practised and practised and practised. And there's many, many stories like that that, you know, People didn't achieve first off, but kept at it. So, you know, have a look at some of those some of those athletes that are in your sport and who are your favourite, and look at their past history and see what they've done. And then, you know, take note of some of those those watch athletes walk onto the sporting field. See if you can pick the negative and the positive ones, and see how they play a game. So, just so you can see the the, the benefits of having a good, strong mental thought process. And do you recommend them just looking within the motorsport industry or should they look at athletes as well? Well, both because most, most, most people who are into sport aren't just one sport. So, yeah, I mean, you've got some great people in motorsport that are really mentally tough, but um, there's other people in other sports that, yeah, can help. So, so I know I, I'm in swimming, but then again, I love athletics. So, I mean, I love watching Usain Bolt. So, you know, have a look at the different ones. Think about those sports that you do like and focus on those. Thanks very much for your time today, Joe. If people are looking to connect with you, how can they get in contact with you? Um, through my website. There's a contact page on my website. Um, that's really easy. Or even on the Facebook page. If you, you know, just want to connect with me on the Facebook page, yell out. At Champion School. At Champion School, yeah. That's easy. Fantastic. Thanks very much for your time today, Joe. Look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? MotivateTraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.